I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 the flames went higher. And it burns, 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 the ring, ring of fire. fire. Nope, that's not it. That wasn't... We agreed... The, the bit we agreed on was we each do a different song. You were just driving. I, I thought we all agreed. Was it... Do you? I, you know what? I really thought that bit was hard. Now, ladies now, and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone outside and in between, welcome back again. Sam, where are you? He's not here today, this week, folks. He's 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 uh, out for the cow for this, just this week. Uh, it's just going to be me, Andrew Thomas, and... I'm special guest Justin. <laughs> I kind of just threw them out on the. In the I in love the, an intro. <laughs> yeah, bring them out, bring them out. You gave us the signal with your eyes, but Justin wasn't connecting. Um, I have my two roommates here. Uh, you know, self quarantine, folks. Be safe. That's all I gotta say. Hashtag stay home. Hashtag stay home. Hashtag but... eat all of the chips and snacks that you bought at Rite Aid. Yes. In three days. Yes. That's what we've been doing. Roommates, who are you? How do you know me? What's your life? I'm I'm friend of the podcast, Justin Jones. I've been Andrew's friend for a long time, and we're buddies. And I'm Lupita, and I'm married to Justin. Therefore, I am friends-in-law with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are friends in law. And now we live together. And now we live together. One one big happy family. And a dog. And a dog. Indy. Indy's asleep because that's what dogs do during quarantine. Yes. And we have been watching nothing but movies. A lot of movies. So many. They're all running together. What's what's very interesting about us though is we we pick random ass themes and just watch three or four movies. We did we did one day where we did uh, each of us picks a movie that not everyone has seen. Yeah, we did that. And then y'all pulled this one out of your butt. Ah, no, this was all in the mind of Justin. This is all me. I wanted to do a day building up to walk hard. A Dewey, the the Dewey Cox story. A Judd Apatow production. Yeah, starring John C. Riley. 2007's Walk Hard. <laughs> I wanted to get the context, and then I wanted to see. The impact, how it holds up over time, its legacy. So we watched Walk Hard, but before then, we watched Ray and Walk the Line. And then we watched Walk Hard. And then Andrew said, no, no, no. Because Andrew's a masochist and likes to watch people <laughs> suffer. He's also like a genius. So then what, what did we watch after, after 2007's masterpiece spoof Walk Hard? Uh, we watched the 2018 Best Picture nominee, oh. Best Actor winner, winner. Best, best Editing, editing winner. Bohemian Rhapsody. We had a full day. A full, full day. I tried to say, let's talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, but then everyone threw tomatoes at me. So instead, we're just talking about Walk Hard, you, 2007. You did Bohemian Rhapsody when it came out. I listened to that podcast. <laughs> uh, yes. That Y'all was... spent 20 minutes on his teeth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mama! I can, I can keep going. You can't do a visual joke I on know, podcast. I can't. Just imagine a horse eating peanut butter, like I said. Anyway, Robbie Malik, I'm sure you're a great guy. I'm pretty sure. 2007, uh, Josh uh, Krasinski. No, that's not his Josh name. Krasinski? You didn't get either word. I think it's John Kasdan. John Kasdan's uh, 2007. Jake Kasdan? 
No, that's someone else. No, I think it's Jake Kasdan. Well, we're about to find out. Are you going to Google it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story. We watched it. Well, you know the context of how we watched it. So, knowing that, what did you guys think? It, it was very... Listen, I love comedy. I love John Apatow. I love John C. Riley. I'm a sucker for a biopic, especially a musical biopic. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of parody movies. So, uh, on my own, it was a quite the enjoyable watch. I'm glad I watched it with y'all because y'all made it fun. Justin was dying at every joke in this whole movie. So, big fan. Oh yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I think Walk Hard is one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> Genuinely, I think Walk Hard is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hooray. We watched it like 24 hours ago, exactly. It was the most pleasant mood I've had since we entered quarantine. That is saying a lot. <laughs> it being the third entry in this movie marathon, because I, uh, I just kept laughing at the, at the, at the plot structure, at, at every joke, every time it would reference Ray or uh, Walk the Line. <laughs> it's so specific. In the way it calls out the dumb tropes of those movies. And it's specifically those two movies. And then so prophetic. So prophetic in the way it calls out what Bohemian Rhapsody becomes. I liked it. <laughs> um, I saw it way back when. Uh, I didn't see it at theaters, but I did see it at home and I thought it was great. Uh, John C. Riley kills it. He has an amazing, beautiful voice. Um... But yeah, it's a really funny, really, really good good time. So, uh, yeah, but let's talk about Mr. Kasdan. The Mr. real star. The real star, the true star of this of this project. And he has recently done the two Jumanji movies. Comedic masterpieces. <laughs> yes, those comedic masterpieces. He also did a Sex Tape, if you guys saw that. <laughs> also Bad Teacher. Did he write a Star Wars? He, or is no, that his that's brother? A, that's his brother. Okay. Yeah, who's yeah, it, yeah. Who's in sex tape? Is that the one where they like film themselves having sex and it goes up to the cloud? With with exactly. Who yeah. is it? Uh, uh, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother and Jason Cameron Siegel. Diaz. Yeah, there we go. Jason Segel and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Dang. Talk about good a, for Jason. Talk about a reacher. <laughs> and a settler. Is that the joke? Yeah. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, that's the, the How I Met Your Mother joke. joke. How I Met Your Mother. Timely reference. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you think of the direction of this film? And knowing that he's done other movies, um, good or bad, we like Jumanji. It's a yeah. cheap movie. He's good at letting funny people be funny. Yes, yes. He's good at like showcasing people's innate comedic talent. Mm-hmm. Who wrote this movie? Because it is, it is so specifically designed to ape those other movies in its visual style. Judd Apatow and him. They wrote they wrote it. Okay. Which makes sense. It very much I feel like every John Judd Apatow movie, there's like a little pause after the joke so that people can laugh <laughs> at it. Which yeah. which I don't like. I think this is why I think that I think Popstar is a better musical parody movie. Because Popstar they're just like joke after joke after reference after critique after <laughs> After cameo uh, from like famous comedian and, act- and actors, it doesn't give you the time to be like, 
ha ha ha, he just told this joke for the third time and it's still funny. Yeah. I get that. There is something, because what I kept telling y'all was that this was the pop star before pop star. Um, Comparatively to pop star, because much like a lot of people, we all love pop star. How would you, I mean, you just compared it, but how would you compare pop star to walk hard? So Is it a good successor or not? Yeah, I I think Lupita's Lupita's letterbox review is Oh yeah. Walk, yes. walk hard walked so Popstar could run. And I think that's fair. I think Popstar is is a different movie with different goals mm-hmm. cuz Walk Hard is so clearly based in this moment where Ray had come out in 2004 and really kickstarted this genotype of movie and then Walk Hard solidified it as this really popular type of movie where you follow a musician from their life to their death and their death also just happens to happen around the time as the movie comes out and all of these follows every moment of their life with all these flashbacks and all the moments where their trauma convinced them to write a specific song and Walk Hard is based in in spoofing and parodying those moments while also making its own jokes and telling its own story And, and Popstar is instead of responding to the movies of the times, responding to the celebrity culture of the time. Mm-hmm. When Popstar comes out in 2016, yeah. it is about Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber and Macklemore. It's not about uh, the movies that are coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. Popstar's more about the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. But they both are, are very funny, goofy, lighthearted movies that have like a bit of anger at the thing they're parodying, which you don't always get a lot of times... In parody, you get something that is in love, that sort of is lovingly making fun of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they came together, loves romantic comedies, obviously. It's making fun of, like, some of their cheesier things, where Popstar and Walk the Line, I think, sort of hate the thing they're making fun of. Oh, you like, could say that again. You beat me. Oh, <laughs> no, I was going to say, hey, Justin. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that was my, uh, dang it. Um, I love they came together. It's so funny. Yeah, there is something very... And we talk about this a lot, and I think I've been talking about this on recent podcasts, because you brought my attention to this, Justin. They do they do Popstar and Walk Hard. They do kind of very much not like the culture and, right. and uh, movie biopics, but they're also not cynical. Yeah, How that's you, true. Yeah, and... Also, Lupita, how do you feel about the cynicism in film that we see a lot and how these those two movies can still, what's the word, not attack, I'm going to say attack, attack the, the things that they don't like, but it's still not cynical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how like how are they, say that one more time, sorry. Yeah, I kind of goofed up that question too. <laughs> Halfway through, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, Why I, am I asking I, this yeah, question? It's a hard question That's to answer. That's a hard question to answer. Uh, just basically... There's with, like, the Deadpools of the world. Yeah. With Justin has a big issue with Birds of Prey. Don't say that. You make because me sound like sexist. one of those people. Uh, yeah. That's not... I, I liked it. It was a fun little time at the movies. Um, that there are things in film that are just feel so cynical and ironic for the sake of just being mm-hmm. ironic. And there's something... And these films, especially Walt Card, they don't have that. Yeah. Um, do you see that in film? If you do, how do you feel about it? 
I think it's so hard because, like, now, like, everyone has an opinion about movies or, like, a mo- like it, even in each genre. Like, the, like take, for example, like, the musical biopic. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we have so many musical biopics about, like, white musicians or, like, or, like, not, like, not enough uh, biopics about uh, people who, who we've never really heard of? Or, like, why do we glorify their achievements and then brush aside like oh Johnny Cash was kind of like a shit human being and like Ray Ray Charles also like wasn't that great I think like with so many people having so many like negative opinions it's hard it's like and all and all film is made by like white film bros that they're like but my opinion's different even though you're like the 50th person to say that and that but I but I can make the movie I can I can make the movie in a better way it's so hard to find a, like a refreshing take on it, yeah. That's smart. That's a good point. Thank you. Okay. Do you have something to say? <laughs> yeah. I kind of leave a pause just in case you want to add on. Walk Hard specifically works for me so well because I do not like the musical biopic. I don't really like any biopic that has huge ambitions to tell a long span. Okay. I think. Uh, like Lincoln is about specifically his battle to pass that amendment. Yeah. Um, even First Man is about a long stretch in Neil Armstrong's life, but it's about his struggle to get to the moon and how that relates to his daughter's death. Yes. Don't you dare tell Justin to watch A Theory of Everything <laughs> yeah. or, or, or Imitation Game. Now, here's where I was excited to have you both on. You don't like biopics, usually, musical or not. Unless it's a focused biopic. I don't like a broad biopic. But, I, they are my guilty pleasure. I love, love biopics. And And I realized that whenever Theory of Everything and Imitation came out in the same year, I was like, I just like... I'm in, I'm, I am engrossed in their story, childhood to death. And whenever those last texts come out in the last scene, I'm like, oh yeah, what happened? Make me cry. They're just so interesting. Because I think like I just love knowing what happened to a person in their childhood or their coming of age that made them the person that they have to be. And like you get an insight of who they are. But this is what I think Justin has a problem with this, is that it's very much influence of, like, the director and the writer. Like, what do they think brought this person up from the ashes, you know? And I think that's what he... It, it's very biased, because it paints him in a good light. Like, yeah. I loved, um, what was it, Hidden Figures. I loved... I don't know. My like my like my favorite Marvel movie is Captain America because it's like basically an origin. Like I love origin stories and superheroes yeah. too because it basically does the same thing. It is the biopic of the MCU. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. It's the great it's with the montage. He dies at the end. He dies at the end. That's true. Oh wow. my god. It is the biopic of the MCU. He goes to rehab in the middle. He does go to rehab. <laughs> it takes place. He takes drugs. His lover dies. It takes place in the fifties, so it gives you that like like a back in the day energy. Mm-hmm. What? Fifties. The fifties. When 40s? did World War Two happen? Sixties. World War Two. World War Two. Yes. Fifties. Mid thirties to mid forties. <laughs> oh, dang. 
I'll cut that part. Don't worry. I feel like <laughs> I feel like an asshole now. Wait, wait when did World War Two? What did World War One happen? Like the like the, the teens. The tens. Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen is a whole movie about it. Dang. You know. <laughs> it's it we're in quarantine. I asked you a question that didn't make sense. You're gonna have your moment coming up soon. Don't you worry. We're talking about something. Um. Uh, what? That was a joke. Oh. I said we talking about something. Like um, that was my moment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. When did World War Two end? Nineteen forty-five. That's crazy. Sorry. It's wild. <laughs> it's not even hundred years old yet. What were we talking about? Well, this is I... what happens to me since quarantine. Halfway through a conversation, I'm like, "What? What movie are we talking about?" But with us, it's harder because we watch so many movies together. We walk like, so hard. That's it. Walk hard. We're doing walk hard, everybody. Oh, we're talking about how I love biopics. Yes. And Justin hates them. Um, Why do you hate them, Justin? So, yes. Those, even though because I I understand why you don't like Theory of Everything, I still love it because I like the acting in it. I like the way it was structured uh, to an extent. I enjoy those types of things. But what with a normal biopic, I'll say. Why, why do you not like them? So What's your problem? What's my problem? What's your problem, man? Well, now we're getting into it here. What's my problem? Yeah. Well, Doc, I got tons of problems. We have to go back to the first act of his bio. Yeah. yeah. Look, so, at his child- so, look at his childhood. So in, in order to really understand me, you have to watch three specific moments in my childhood that all relate to three other specific moments in my <laughs> adulthood. So you can draw lines perfectly from cause to effect. Because the only reason I did anything in my adult life is because this one specific thing that happened when I was 12. It, that's why I don't like biopics. In movies' <laughs> defense, it's not like, oh, I, I went on the bus one day instead of taking the train. It's like... The narration doesn't say that. The storytelling does. It's... I get... Yeah. Do, do you feel like the movie treats you like an idiot? Yes, always. Always? But, but I think because it has to. Because it's trying to still tell every person of a moment's life. Trying to do 70 years of thinking. Trying to do seven year, 70 years of somebody's brain. And trying to condense that into a movie. The logical step is to do, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. Then as an adult, this happened. So this is why it all occurred. Because it's an unsustainable movie format. you got to have a focus. Yes. And there is something to tie back to Walk Hard. The way it parodies that, what do you like about it? It's so funny. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. It is very much your humor. It is very much my humor. But even besides the humor, I feel like even if you took out the humor, there is still something there. It's still a good movie. Right. So what would you say that this, bio, this spoof biopic does better than Bohemian Rhapsody, for example? Yeah, that's a good question. What? Yeah. So, um, wow, who plays the girlfriend in Walk Hard? My brain broke, and I was about Jenna to say Fisher? Uh, Jenna Fisher. I Jenna was about Fisher, to say Jenna Reese Fisher, Witherspoon is good in Walk Hard. <laughs> oh, God. Reese Witherspoon is in Walk Hard, isn't she? Um, Reese Witherspoon's in Walk the Line. She's yeah, the only thing about that movie that won. Yeah, and that's Jenna, true. Jenna Fisher plays a very similar character in Walk Hard. But what I was saying is the way. That <laughs> his <laughs> it's, my brain's broken, but also this movie's just so funny it broke me. <laughs> it's I 
I don't know how to answer your question, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. It's, You're cool. It, it's just it's like the other movies, but it's funny about it. It's what's so <laughs> here's what's so here I, here's an answer to it. I think what's so funny is that Walk Hard it takes those moments that you think would affect the entire person's life and makes them so silly, but still treats them so serious. Yeah. Like the part whenever he kills his brother, he chops him in half. And then because of that happened, he doesn't smell anymore. And then at the end, he smells his wife's hair. And it's just, and, and you forget that it's so silly that he lost his sense of smell. And he's treating it as if he got his eyesight back. Yeah. It's just so, so funny. Yeah, I think you 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 hit the nail right on the head. Is that it's it's doing what those other movies and being silly about it, but taking itself so seriously in in the goofiness that's actually happening in the story. Yeah. Like he's an absentee father because he's a musician and then whenever he gives it and whenever he gives up music he's like oh well i have to go be a father now and then the way they made it so funny was like well he has 24 kids and not they're not all white like they like like it's just so and he plays catch with them and it shows him with every single one because that's exactly what ray would do or what walk the line would do if he was going back to all of his kids and show him pouring into each of their lives because he's a changed man. Like, as if playing, like, a ten-minute game of catch with each kid is, like, gonna, like, cement <laughs> his relationship that's <laughs> broken. But that's what those other movies would do. It's, yeah. 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 Want to talk about the cast? Oh, yes. So here's the thing. There's a lot of people in this movie. A lot of people. And... Without the one that we're obviously going to talk about, is there any shout-outs you want to say? Anyone that tickled your bone in any way? Craig Robinson made me laugh. I'm trying to think. Uh, we, we did watch this movie literally mm. 24 hours ago. I really liked um, James Black. Tra- James Black. Oh, my God. Sorry. Jack Black playing... James Black. <laughs> I'm broken. My father was James Black. <laughs> Call me Jack. <laughs> Call me Jack. Uh, I, I really love Jack Black being Paul McCartney in, mm. in India. And just his chemistry he had with Paul Rudd, who was John Lennon. Hilarious. Yeah, it was really good. Is that the greatest movie of all time? I loved, speaking of Jenna Fisher... Uh, Jenna Fisher, yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. She was great. I, I really liked her. Also, she has an amazing singing voice. She does. Yeah. Um, very the, cool. The dad? I don't know his name. Yeah, the dad was great. The wrong kid died. <laughs> wrong kid died. Wrong kid died. Uh, also, the forever MVP in my life. Uh, <laughs> I called him Terrence Meadows yesterday. <laughs> Our brains were our, fried. Our brains were fried. So we had to sit through Ray and walk the line. And prepare it for Bohemian Rhapsody. But Tim Meadows, my forever MVP Just for everything. Greatest. Just the greatest. Playing the same character he plays in Popstar. <laughs> but his hair changes every scene. Every scene. Every like time. Sometimes jump. within the scene. And you never bought drugs once. <laughs> Not what? You don't want no part of this. <laughs> uh, but obviously, the big the big one. Our, our, he wrecked it. Oh boy, did he wreck it. John C. Riley. I'm glad that joke was great. It's, I'm glad you're laughing at it. I'm just thinking about this movie. <laughs> it's so funny. 
John C. Riley as Dewey Cox himself. What'd you guys think? It's really funny because they cast very attractive people to play these musicians. Mm-hmm. Like Joaquin Phoenix, Dreamboat. Johnny Cash, sure. I mean, he probably was a dreamboat, but just like an average looking guy. Jamie Foxx, dang, smoke show. Playing Ray Charles, who like looked old whenever he was like 30. Yeah. <laughs> That's mean. But. <laughs> Not wrong, but mean. But then they get this guy, this like schlub of a guy, John C. Riley, to play this Dewey Cox character, who's supposed to be the same type of character, I think is so, so good, so well cast, because he's funny. And then halfway through, I was like, is he charming? Is he charmingly handsome? Am I falling in love? <laughs> Are you getting that pop star? Ooh, Ooh I love uh, Harry Styles. John C. Riley is hot. I'll say it. I'll say it too. John C. Riley is hot. That scene where he takes off his shirt. Yeah, oh, and he's got a six. He has a six pack, but it doesn't show his face so perfectly. Um, yeah, I could do it. A podcast just recapping every joke in this movie. <laughs> And he sorry, and he shows and he shows up in the movie whenever the character of Dewey Fox is fourteen. Yes, but it's forty year old John, not like thirty year old John C. Riley, and he says, "I'm a fourteen year old boy." I mean, it's the same way in Walk Hard and or not Walk Hard, uh, Walk the Line and Ray. Right? Yeah, that's true. If you if you Todd code everything at the beginning of uh, Walk the Line, he's like nineteen. And he's going off to war, and it's like, sir, you've lived a life. Yeah. You, like, you look like you've already gone off and fought that war. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, walking. Walking, man. I have a question. Yes, for sure. Maybe going off topic, but that's no, what that's we said what this we is do. about. Yeah. So, is this movie sometimes distasteful, Walk Hard? I don't think so. If, I'm trying to think of something that's like... so. Ray Charles' brother drowned in a bathtub. Yeah. Johnny Cash's brother went headfirst into a big saw. Mm-hmm. And part of the power of Joaquin Phoenix's performance is because his brother died young. Yes. And so he's like, you can see some of his pain in the character he's playing. Yes. Do you think Joaquin Phoenix has seen Walk Hard? No. Oh. <laughs> I think that it is not... Hey, walk in. Right, of I know. Not. I know that's not what you're saying either. It, it, it's, but what you were saying earlier, it's making fun of the genre. Right. And again, not just Rain Walk the Line, but there are tons of biopics. Um, I'm trying to think of one, but I can't. Everything opens with like a, like a cartoonishly horrific trauma. Exactly. If anything, the movie's saying, yeah, we should just paint these yeah, famous people's siblings as just, through oh, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> yuck, yuck, right. yuck. Yeah, through all that. Uh, but what else, what do you think, Lupita? What on oh, Justin's question? It, uh, I was thinking, like, it kind of goes back to what makes this movie not cynical because it's not like, look how dumb Johnny Cash was. Look how, like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix, your brother died, like, and mm. you use that. Jamie Foxx and Ray Charles, it's never, it's never cynical about the people, whether it be the actors or the character that they're portraying, it's a cynical about the genre. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What would you think of John C. Riley? He's so funny. Also, 
my guy can sing. Yeah. Yeah. My guy can sing. Yes, he can. He can hold a note very well. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked he doesn't do more musicals. He could he could have been someone in La La Land. Give it. Give Ryan Gosling's part to John C. Riley. I, I want to see that for movie. That. I want to see I'd that kill movie. for that. Even um, though, like, sing better. Even <laughs> not like movie musicals. Like he'd be really good on stage. Yeah, he would. He's good in Chicago. It's great Chicago. Has John C. Riley done a like a leading man in a drama? Yeah, I want to say yes. Jack goes boating. Is that it? Or is that support? I feel like I've seen him be serious. When I was young, I got him and Paul Giamatti mixed up. I get that. You were dumb, but I get that. (laughs) He was on, um, he played Stanley in Streetcar on Broadway. Yeah. In in, in 2005. um, Also, True West. Do you guys know about True West? Mm -mm. Is this Michael Vossbender or is that Slow West? That's Slow West. This is a play, True West. Sorry. True West, uh, he was opposite Philip Seymour Hoffman. And the play is just two brothers. Uh, there are other characters, but it's mainly just them. And they switched, they switched uh, characters like every other night. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, that was. He's the goat, John C. Riley. I love John C. Riley. It's like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Was it Benedict Cumberbatch and somebody else? They played. Oh. It was like ju- it was like a two man show. And they played Dr. Frankenstein and the monster, mm. and they would switch each night. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Gotta look that up. Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. I th- I, I'm pretty sure. That was like the first thing I heard him be in, other than like Sherlock, whenever I first discovered him. That's... But I was looking at John C. Riley's, uh, the, like the stuff he's done after, after uh, Walk Hard, and it's just a lot of, a lot of like dumb comedies and like a lot of voiceover work too. Like, like I mean, he was in uh, Holmes and Watson. Oh. Holmes and Watson. Oh, he's so good in The Lobster. Mm-hmm. He's great in The Lobster. He's, that's what I was thinking. He yeah. is so good in The Lobster. He's just a guy. He's got that everyman energy. He does. He grounds even the goofiest of, <laughs> of sequences. But he's also just down. That's what I love about John T. Yeah, he's down to just do whatever. If it makes sense for the story. Even if it's stupid Holmes and Watson. He's down. He's down for the joke. He'll commit to the bit. He commits to the bit. Yes. He's, he's also very interesting because he can play a really straight, straight-laced character, but because he looks the way he looks, like, he's, like, he looks goofy. Yeah. Um, and he's will he is willing to, like, take it anywhere. He could, like, like, the guy he played in Guardians of the Galaxy was very, very, like, straight, straight man type of character, but he had jokes that he could take it to like places that only yeah. really John C. Riley could. Yeah, he could. He can be the straight man or the goofy one. Por qué no los dos? Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> he sort of does do both in Walk Hard. Walk Hard. Yeah. I was about to say no, it's Walk the Line, but then <laughs> no, it is Walk Hard. So I just said the movie twice. I'm sorry. Um. So, what are your feelings on Bohemian Rhapsody? Amazing movie. <laughs> ten out of ten. Dot, 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 to drink to. <laughs> Just to get drunk to. Because at, at that point of the day, we weren't drinking during these movies. We, but we, we started to drink dur- at the very end of Walk Hard. And we played a drinking game for Bohemian Rhapsody. And I don't know about y'all, but it got me there at the end. Where it, where it was a live performance. And we were just drunk singing to every song. 
We got tickety tickety turn. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Do you want to go? You've already done a Bohemian Rhapsody podcast. Exactly. If you want my opinions, go listen to our episode. I highly recommend it. I liked it. I remember listening to it's that. It's a good one. It's the yeah. early days of podcasts. Early days. When we were on Young and Unafraid. Uh, a really funny thing we did during the movie was we had our drinking game rules. Like every time you, every time Freddie Mercury longingly, longingly looks into a guy's eyes. Take a drink. Take yeah. a drink. Every, time, every see, time there's a montage, take a drink. Every time you see a cat or like hear a queen song, take a drink. But what I really loved was whenever Justin would get upset, and we decided just to, to, to just take a drink every time he just complained about the movie. Yeah. Which leads us into my take. I fucking hated this movie. So this is your second time watching this movie. This is my... Also, how many times was oh, this? Um, for bo-, bo Rap, right? Bo Rap, yeah. Second time. Second time for both of you. What time for you? <laughs> Listen, I take you to the movies all the time. You're, you're broken. I see movies for free. I get an extra ticket for free. This is like my fourth time. How many times have you seen Cats? Uh, that's that's another besides the point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a bonus episode. I've seen the Live Aid performance though so many times just because it's so well remade. Yeah, I've seen the actual Live Aid performance a lot of times. I'm Justin Jones. I've seen the real performance. Well, y'all have listened to the real performance yeah. plenty of times. True. I'm throwing shade. At the movie. Yeah, because that movie sucked. So why do you hate Bohemian Rhapsody? So, let's let's take a walk back. It's 2018, yeah? It's fall. Fall 2018. We're gearing up for Oscar season. Yes. I go to a press screening. I've heard nothing about Bohemian Rhapsody. It was an early screening for, before reviews have come out. I'm sort of sad that... that the original visions for Bohemian Rhapsody d- didn't pan out because there was other actors and other directors attached that very much excited me. But I do like Rami Malek. I would need to go back and check the timestamps to see if I was allowed to have liked Brian Singer. But I sort of liked Brian Singer. <laughs> it also didn't help that we watched This Is America recently. Yeah, and we had or watched... Who, or Who Was America? Yeah, we had watched the Sasha Baron Cohen show. I didn't want to get into the details, but Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be in the movie. But context, context. Um, so I go into Bohemian Rhapsody. I got an open mind. Just want to clarify on my Brian Singer comments. He should be in jail if he's not already. And if he's not in actual jail, he should be in director's jail. <laughs> Blacklisted. Get him the, out of the here. As the kids say. Canceled? No, blacklisted. No, I mean canceled too. Blacklist, blacklist, canceled. That's what all the kids say. Black, cancel the list. That, that doesn't sound no, right. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, anyway. This Bohemian Rhapsody is poorly made. It's poorly acted. It's poorly costumed. It's poor, The makeup is bad. The set design is bad. The, the, the editing is bad. Everything about Bohemian Rhapsody is bad, except for the Queen songs. And even them are dumb. Because it's just Queen songs. Because he's lip-syncing. It's no... It's just recordings. It's just old recordings. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Just go listen to the album it's at like, that point. It's like a lip sync show, but with bad scenes in between them, connecting them together with the same tropes that Lockhart called out wait, wait, and wait, skewered that was, that was my next question. ten years before. <laughs> okay, so then that, that Ray and Walk the Line had laid down all of these stones and Bohemian Rhapsody said, well, I'm going to step on every single one of those stones all on the path to 
get more Oscars than those yeah. ever, than those movies to, ever did. In the, it did. In the end, it doesn't even feel like it's about telling a human story of Freddie Mercury as much as it is about telling a story about how great Queen was and how all of their doubters were wrong. Which, and you should go buy some Queen albums. Stream us on Spotify. Which, like, Queen is great. It's not saying, like, they're not great or they're, or they're shitty musicians or ever yeah. uh, at all. But whenever the people saying it is Queen, like, they produce this movie, yep. whenever they're, like, boasting their own egos, then that's what's bad. They're good at mm-hmm. music, at making movies, no. And they're the ones profiting off of the, the, the sales that happened after a billion people watched this movie about how great Queen is. And how they can tell the story of their dead best friend. Yeah. There's a million reasons to hate Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't want to get into all of them. But watching Walk Hard, hey, you get this natural transition. Watching Walk Hard, um, it is funny to know that that's a spoof comedy. And they do things that are meant to be jokes. And Bohemian Rhapsody does them purposely as dramatic beats. Yeah. Um, do you think anyone who worked on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody has seen Walk Hard? I mean, Mike Myers had to because he's a, he's a comedian. <laughs> he had to. Mike yeah. Myers had to. And that's probably why he agreed to be in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was like, oh, this is this is going to be fun. I can, I can say this uh, yeah. really jokingly, like, wink, wink. No one's going to ever sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, like, blast it through their windows. And then he gets there, reads the script, and he's like, have to be serious? This is a mediocre talent. It's like, oh, I've already seen it. I've already signed the contract. I guess I have to. Yeah. There's just... I don't know. Is it the artist's responsibility? This is going to be the stupidest question I've ever asked in my entire life. Let's do it. Is it, <laughs> is it the artist's responsibility to make sure to be current? Yeah, is that why? Original? Original? Is originality on the burden of the artist? Yeah. <laughs> yes. we're, it's quarantine time, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. Is that out. what you're trying to say? Yeah, that is my question. Say it again. Is originality like the, the, a responsibility of an artist? I think 100% yes, but that's just me. But if you guys disagree, I'd love to have that I think it is, oh, it, is, um, it is their responsibility on the people who are making the art. We can't blame the actors or... That's fair. Like, you can kind of blame them, but I think it's, mm-hmm. like, the, the main um, person we should be pointing our fingers at is the writer and director because it's, like, their creative decision. Mm-hmm. That feels so derivative. But yeah. And to sound like a Brian Singer's lawyer, in defense of Brian Singer, he was fired. He was fired pretty much halfway through the film. It's so... The majority of the project, uh, if you do have to point blame at someone, point blame it would at be Dexter a, Fletcher. I don't exactly. care, man. But point your fingers at whoever you want to. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yes. It feels like a bad computer algorithm generated it and spat it in my face. <laughs> and I guess yeah, we we could talk about this. The last thing. This could be the last thing. Uh, what, for not just musical biopics, but biopics in general, what lessons should they learn from Walk Hard? And what lessons should, in response, what lessons should they learn from Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, 
you will never you were never really here no that's not it I'm I'm not here walk the line Ray Selena I'm not here that's the Bob uh, Dylan oh. biopic yeah I think hiring comedians would be a good thing because biopics are always so dreary and sad and dramatic so dreary and people play which I love don't get me wrong <laughs> uh, and like we hire the same people to make them yeah. so if you hire the same people to make the same thing you're just gonna get the same thing but if you hire people of color or people who haven't been able to tell the story their way or just comedians and just ask them here just take a just take a risk I think you'd get something very, very good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's a good point. I think it needs to be new if you're going to make one. There, there needs to be a reason for this, for this art to exist if you're going to create it. There's not a convincing reason for Bohemian Rhapsody to exist. There's barely a convincing reason for Walk the Line to exist. It, it does sort of some with telling a story about Johnny Cash's life, but it already feels so long. And it, it, it breezes over this relationship with Elvis and it completely ignores the way that his music came from, was inspired by and relates to black culture and yeah. black music. And, and, and it's already two hours and 15 minutes. Like there's so much more that you could do there. And then Ray also very much simplifies this message of race and class and, has all of these white people dancing to his music but they're the good white people because they like Ray Charles music and it just also drug use and the reason why people go into drugs and how it, it affects their lives and it, how it's harder to give up than than you know just a right. bad weekend in a bed right yeah. but it's simple and it simplifies it to such a degree that it it doesn't do much it forgets that like there's other stuff happening outside of Ray mm-hmm. Charles, outside of Johnny Cash. Like, you forget that, like, they had relationships and, like, they had wives and they had producers and they had... Like, it's so centralized on the person, which, like, I mean, that's the point of a biopic, but maybe if you just kind of, like, like, just, like, backed up a little bit and told a wider story... Right. Then you'd get a more, like, just fleshed-out narrative. I think what we came to the conclusion of is that I think the movie biopic altogether needs to die. If you want to do a biopic, just go to TV. I feel like that's the way to go. Do like a just like, because you need more time. Yeah, yeah do like a six-part limited series. Cause watch that. Yeah. I'm not here to watch a six-hour Johnny Cash movie. I'm not here to watch a six-hour. Ray Charles movie. But you I, know I, I will. <laughs> I'm here to watch a two-hour movie about Johnny Cash's tour with Elvis. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. With, like, flashbacks that give you context? No. no. <laughs> Only, like, a weekend. Johnny's weekend with Elvis. Mm. And, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Fictionalize it if you need to, right? Of course, but yeah. You can tell a larger story about who they were and what they meant to the world and what the world meant to them if if you give them time to breathe by taking out all the stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. I get that. Because then you just confuse people. Like me, who thinks that everything that happens in a biopic actually happened. You're like, wow. Like, like Reese Witherspoon says, ah, oh, it burns, burns, burns. 
Is there actually there's one more thing I would like to say before we wrap this up. Um tell the folks what are some of your favorite biopics? What's the thing that in this conversation also I did say spoiler alert because it's all real. Yeah, Duh. it's all his- I mean Walk Hard's not real. True. That's the main movie. That's the tag. Walk hard. Walk hard's on the label. Dewey Cox. He's not real. Did you know that? So um, my favorite bio. I'm looking at my list, and my third favorite movie is a biopic, and it's the and it's Frida, yes, with mm-hmm. Selma Hayek, and I love it so much because it. I mean, it does tell a broad story from like the the point of her accident to um, to her death, but the way like the art direction is it is it just embodies her her legacy and her artwork so well because there's moments where they're telling the story and they go into this magical Mexican realism that help you tell like a long bit of what's going on and it's just so beautiful and like colorful that it's acted so freaking well and it tells you not just about her art her accident and her relationship with Diego but it also tells you like hey like like there was communism happening. Like they were talking to Trotsky, and and all, and like it gives you like a historical context of like how huge her story was, and it's directed by a woman. Hey, hey, hey! Do you have one? Selma. Selma. Selma's mm-hmm. my go-to because it's about a specific moment. It's well directed. It's rooted in history, like to a very specific degree. It doesn't fictionalize, but it still tells its story. With a narrative structure that works for a movie. Another thing you don't like about biopics is the fact that it like idealizes the character. Yeah, and Selma doesn't really do no, it that. And it's Martin Luther King. Yeah, Junior. that Junior. movie is so. <laughs> that movie's so. The thing is, most most people heard us go Junior and yeah. think we're doing Sean Connery, no. but we're doing David Tennant. Yeah, and, and, and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Anyway. <laughs> Selma is my go-to choice for how to do a good biopic. I, I mentioned First Man and Lincoln earlier. I think both of those do mm-hmm. true story movies very well about famous figures. But Selma's always my go-to. That movie is so good. Um, yeah. What's yours? I mean, I have two, and for very easy reasons. Uh, one is Steve Jobs, which we did right after Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. and one of my favorite movies of all time, The Social Network. Uh, for me, it's because Aaron Sorkin wrote them. That's Aaron it. Sorkin wrote That's them. The <laughs> That's difference. not the beginning and end. And they're but, about horrible white men. But here's the thing: they're about horrible white men that Aaron Sorkin wrote, and Aaron Sorkin is smart enough to realize he wanted to tell a story. So a lot of it's pretty fictionalized. A lot of it. But you get the point across, it's what you said earlier, Justin, is that you get what they meant to the world and what the world meant to them. And for, especially Social Network, you see the murky or very bad side of it. I just think that's, I don't know, for my idea biopic, it's that. It's pick a person. It doesn't all have to be real. Just get the major beats and in summary, have it be about them. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse. 
Steve Jobs does a good job of painting a broad picture of their life, but but it, like Justin said, being in like a specific time because it's like those three specific like mm-hmm. he's launching a new Apple product, but it's like this is what's happened. Yeah. This is what's happened. And Aaron Sorkin just ta- like writes so much that he's able to be like throw in a line and and oh like did this happen to Steve Jobs? Oh like he like his. He lost custody of his daughter. Oh, like he's having he fired Wozniak. Like it's it's and and like it doesn't have to be this twenty minute long exposition scene. It's just like yes, it's just like a like a like a throwaway line. It's it's not. Oh, Wozniak cares about getting fired. He confronts Steve. Then we sit and have a montage for a little bit. Then he has to see Steve again. Wozniak's like, yeah, you're gonna fire me. No, I'm not. And then he does get fired, and then we have to see Wozniak at a bar drinking, and he gets in a fight. That's not it. But instead, the way he does it is Wozniak just comes into the comes into the space of him practicing for the presentation, and just and, and they just yell at each other. Like, no, mm. you, you don't need to like set that up. There's there's a specific way. There's a smart way. And we're just asking for writers. Be smarter. <laughs> That's it. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But also, make something yourself, you bums. You bums! Um, so yeah, is there anything else that you want to talk about with have, Walk Hard? Or... Have you seen Malcolm X? Malcolm X? Yeah. yeah. Three hours long. Is it? <laughs> well, how, did, how is it as a biopic? I haven't seen it. It's very much birth to death. Um, My favorite. But... It really focuses. I wish I knew his 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 real or his his birth name. Do you know Malcolm no. X's birth name? It focuses mainly on that switch between oh, that's who cool. he was to right. Malcolm X. That's cool. And that's like the that's the hour and a half of the movie, and then it takes back. And it goes to him until he gets assassinated, to birth until he goes to jail. And then it really focuses him being in jail, him learning. So it's about specific windows. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. pretty cool. He was born Malcolm Little. Malcolm Little. And then he's changed his name. Mm-hmm. To. Cool. Oh, it, um, El Haj Malik El Shabazz. But you know, Malcolm X just is snappier. Yeah, it is. It's quick. Drop the little. Just X. Have you seen? Have you seen that Spike Lee has a Jackie Robinson script he wants to produce? Oh no! Who wrote it? I think Spike Lee. Oh hey! Or not I produce. Was... He wants to direct. Sorry. Oh okay. The, that's why I was like, produce. He's Jackie, Spike Lee. Of he course he can to produce create. it. He wants to make a movie, but like the studio didn't like it, and so he just dropped it on the internet to read oh. the whole script. I gotta check that out. Forty two is not great. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love forty two so much. <laughs> I was about to say that, but then I was like, it does simplify racism pretty. Does the same thing Ray does? It's just also a good sports movie. Well, that note. Uh, that's, <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's 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 it. That's the end of the podcast. This is I always say I'm going to learn, and I never do because Sam does this. But this bit, uh, you can find us on. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff on Welcome Back Pod at Welcome Back Pod. That's how you say it. Uh, you can find us on all the places you get podcasts. Obviously, you know that you're listening to us. You made it this far. Thank you so much. Uh, but to my guest, this camera, this camera, this camera. 
plug up. Plug yourself. He plug said, yourself up. Tell the people what you got going on in your life. I say plug yourself up. Yeah, but you already oh you already did hot ones. Just keep the hot ones train going. Um, I don't tweet, so don't follow me on Twitter. Um, Instagram, Lupita X Mendez. Don't really post because I don't have anywhere to go during quarantine. But if you want to keep up with what we're watching, follow us on follow on me on Letterbox. Quick and snappy reviews. Pita bread with two A's. Wait. And an underscore. And an, yeah, so P I T A A underscore bread B R E. Are you sure it's not Lupita A-D. X Mendez? No. Oh yeah. No, that's it's Lupita X Mendez. That's your Twitter handle. So cut that out, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so cut that out, Andrew. Okay, alright. Uh so plug yourself. What what do you got going on? Um, I don't do Twitter, so don't do so I don't do that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Lupita X Mendez. Don't have don't have anywhere to post because it can't go anywhere. Um, but you can follow me on Letterbox. I do quick and snappy um, reviews of movies as as we watch them on quarantine. Lupita X Mendez as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at just Justin forty two, and then on Letterbox, I think I'm at Justin J four two. I pretty much just tweet about movies and. Uh, how bad Republicans are. So, that's my life. I am in like the the, the like the beginning of the second act of my movie. So you can find me like starting to take pills and like I'm still working. But like people are like, "Hey, Andrew, you're having a problem." And I'm like, "No, get out of here." You're not in the dark spot yet, <laughs> but. You can see it coming. You can see it coming, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I am. But, but you're also just now hitting your creative stride. Uh, yes, that's where that's where you can find me. Um, you just walked into the studio with like Nas, and uh, and you're like, "Wow, that's Tupac. That's crazy." Yeah. That's a straight out of Compton. Straight we out haven't Compton. talked about straight out of Compton. What does that biopic like? It's um, another musical biopic. It's yeah. great. Um, it doesn't simplify racism. It does not. Nothing simplifies racism more than racist. That's what I always say. 